This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back to Max Out, everybody. It's Ed Milet, and uh, I've been trying to have this guy on my show for a long time. We met a couple years ago at the Super Bowl, and the reason I wanted him on is because I think he has one of the greatest stories you will ever hear in your life, and I mean that. And some of you out there, you know, we're finding you during COVID, maybe when you're listening to this, maybe it'll be years later and some of you are hearing it, but some of you feel like you're in need of kind of a comeback or a life comeback. And uh, this man's story is remarkable. I mean, like one of the great ones you will ever hear. And uh, I want him to share it with you today. And then I want to pick his brain about how he's become so successful. So my guest today is my friend, Bob Menery. Bob, welcome to the program, man. It is a uh, honor and a pleasure to be here, Ed. Do I have to use this voice, though, as a question? You can use uh, the do, Bob I, Do I talk voice? my broadcaster voice, or do I? The Bob Mentory voice. A little mix of both. Ed, you're the you man. Can... I respect everything you do. I, uh, I watch all your stuff, and you, uh, believe it or not, I don't want to give you too much credit here, but yeah. uh, you might have been a little silent mentor to me as well through your, uh, through your videos and whatnot. So thank, thank you. Bro. Appreciate that's, it. That's wonderful. And it's funny when you talk about the voice, it's one of the most interesting things because I bet I'm guessing 30 to 50% of my audience already knows you and is excited you're here. And then the other 30 to 50 by the time we're over, will be following you. But when I met you the first time, and we just when we've talked to, you know, over the years, I am struck by the difference in the Bob Menery from, you know, you and Peter. And the one that I meet one-on-one yeah. -on -one is a little bit more, I don't know, humble, kind of quiet, almost introverted dude. Is that somewhat accurate? Yeah, I mean, like what I what I do is like, you know, what I, I realized at a young age kind of that I had this voice that was just, I could turn on at any given time. Hmm. And uh, didn't know what the hell to do with it. You know, I think at the end of the day, I always wanted to do voiceover stuff and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't walk around and go to CVS and be like, can I get those two uh, butterfingers there? Give me a water bottle. Yeah, no, I don't do that. Uh, but uh, it's definitely, let's just say this, Ed, if I lose the voice, I'm in big trouble. I might need a job. Yeah, you, you've got a, you got a voice for, uh, for radio, for sure. So let's go back to the beginning of that run, because this is what I wanted. You know, there's so many people, man, right now that are, they're down on their luck. You know, they've lost their job, their business is down. They, you know, they put on weight during COVID. You know, there's all these things. There's a social unrest. There's all this stuff going on in the world. And you found yourself really down on your luck years ago. And I kind of just want you to take people through the story, but I want to make sure I start it right. You had moved out to California. You were caddying at Wilshire, I don't know if we're allowed to say where it was, but you were a caddy and it sort of, it went, it, which is by the way, a, but it wasn't your dream job. It wasn't what you aspired to do with your entire life. And you ended up basically homeless, right? So take them through where you were at the bottom and how you got there. You know, my goal was always to be, I wanted to be an actor and a comedian. That was my goal. So I kind of went to New York film school at like 23 years old. Um, ended up going to Los Angeles, California to be an actor comedian. And I was one of the, I think only people to probably go out to be an actor comedian and not do one stand-up comedy show and not do one audition. Actually, I uh, kind of felt, uh, fell into the partying stage uh, a little bit uh, and kind of got a little distracted, but uh, I'll tell you what though, on the caddying front, caddying was one of the most amazing jobs that I've ever had in my life. Like, and I truly like, believe it or not, I, I miss it. It, you know, I was always, I was always like, you know, I, my, my father always stressed the most important thing is, you know, getting up early and, and being the first one and the last one to leave, regardless of what you're doing. So even in the caddy yard, I would, I would, I would do that. You know, I'd be there 5am. And when the guys didn't, I'd carry two golf bags, which uh, on 18 holes it would be seven miles, I think. And when we're done, everybody wants to go home. I was like, let's go another round. Wow. Let's go another round. Um, but during that time, uh, I developed a somewhat of a drug problem. Uh, mm -hmm. I was doing cocaine like every day, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, that's, that's why I could carry the golf bag so fast Ed. I was running around there the, on the golf course, uh, seeing every ball and whatnot. But, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, and just, uh, you know, just didn't really, I just got comfortable because you were, you were at this place. I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to perform. I wanted to show my talent. 
because I knew I just had this edge and I couldn't really know what it was. I knew I had that voice that was catchy, but I also mm-hmm. offered something else that I just didn't know what it was yet. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I, 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 I mean, I don't even know where to go with this, but I was yep. just in a gotten comfort zone. You know, I got a comfort yeah. zone of caddying. I'm making a little bit of cash, but God. But you, but by the way, a lot of people feel that way too. They feel like they got some kind of talent. They don't know how to express it. They don't know what it is. They got kind of this vision of, I think what they want their life to look like. And usually your dream, and it's true for you now too. I always say this to people. Usually if your dream does happen, it doesn't show up looking exactly the way you thought it would look. You know, it gives you the (laughs) feeling you hoped you'd get from it, but it usually doesn't show up in the form or fashion that you think. But you're doing, you know, I know the story, but I want them to know this. Yeah, you're doing coke. Yeah, you're caddying. Yeah, you kind of lost your way. But there was some, there was some, significant moments too right I mean was there a point where you were at your lowest during that time back in the day was there like a moment you're like this is yeah this is out of control yeah it gradually got to the point where it just became like all right you're spending more money on things you shouldn't be you're missing work time based on bad habits and then before you know it um which you obviously probably know already is you know I found myself my buddy goes hey I gotta move to Texas you don't have a place to live anymore I'm like fuck and now mm-hmm. this member uh gave me a sean moran gave me a, a car that i would drive to and fro to work and uh didn't have any money i had minus 700 in my bank account after four years of caddying i hit rock absolute rock bottom so i remember the first night getting in that car driving where the fuck do i go mm-hmm. and i had already used up a lot of my resources you know i'm pretty street smart i can figure stuff out but i would i used up a lot of my resources and I had nowhere to go. So it started right there that first night. Where the fuck do I go? I'm in my car. I drive around. I look for a nice neighborhood, park there, put a pillow in the back, blanket over me, go to bed. That's night one of three months. Oh, my God. Actually, two, yeah, two and a half months of sleeping in a car. And that is uh, no, you know, maybe I snuck an occasional night where I stayed at the buddies or something. But it got to a point, though that I didn't even want to stay at a buddy's. I wanted to continue. I don't know what it was in my head. I wanted to continue staying in that car. I don't know what it was. It became a comfort zone for me. Um, but yeah, I spent, at the end of the day, I slept in a car for two and a half months, trying to do it for uh, one day. It's, it's tough, two and a half months. Oh I had a gosh, membership bro. at the YMCA. I had a membership at the YMCA, and I would, I would park in a nice neighborhood, I would wake up because you can't sleep in, Ed. When you're sleeping in a car, you can't sleep in. People are running around. There's garbage trucks going by. You can't sleep in, which actually somewhat worked to my benefit because I was at the club earlier. But go to the YMCA to shower, go to work. And caddying is very up-in-the-air business. If it rains, there's no work. Mm. If you're a lot of politics behind it, you know, there's a lot of family members in the caddy yard who bring other caddies out because they're family. So I was left there. I would go there sometimes. I'd show up at 5 in the morning. And it's a cash business. And I would leave at four in the afternoon with no work. Oh my and gosh. then I kind of fell. It just happened. Like it was like a two-week period where I was up five till three in the afternoon and no work. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was nuts. I want you guys to picture something. By the way, dude, I, I did not know it was that long that you were home, that you were basically living in your car. But I want you guys to picture something. Because a lot of you have done this. You've chased your dream and failed. This guy moves out here. He's got all these aspirations. And I, we're both from Boston area. So I know what it's like when you leave home to just having your family back there. And there's just, we're a little bit different people that live back there. We're really family oriented more than most. Right. And uh, it's a big move. Yeah. When you leave Boston and you come to LA, that's a major move. And he comes out here and it just gets out of control. And that's why, and that's why real quick, I think uh, my stress is, is it's so important to, you know, when I'm in LA, it still happens to me. If I feel myself coming out of that funk, yeah. It's okay to go back to your family and reset. It's okay to take a reset and a breather. It's not, you know, don't be ashamed of it. If you have to come home with a tail between your legs and be like, all right, I'm fucking up. Let's mm-hmm. reset and then let's go back. And that's, that's kind of, and I still have that happen to me. Happens every, know, once I, every I, three months. Yeah. I think, I think you just did it. And I want to, I will, I want to get to that point in a minute too. Cause there's stuff like as a friend, I want to ask you on camera about that, yeah. but I want you to picture something, everybody. Cause you, some of you don't know the end of the story. Cause he's in the middle of building this, this vision of his too. But this man goes from living, he's caddying. He's living in his car to just a few years later, he's so influential on social media that he can crash the PGA Tours website. I want you to imagine this, guys. Like, you go from, even for you to hear this is probably pretty cool to step back for a minute. But you're about a dude living in his car, caddying, 
homeless to just a few years later, he chased his dream and failed, to he's so influential in the space he's in that he can take down the PGA Tours website from, from time to time. Yesterday, he put a post that's got 8,500 comments on Instagram already. So while you're in the car, let's go to there for a minute because I think a lot of people are like, I'm not homeless, I'm not in my car, but I'm trending there or I feel it. Mm-hmm. Was there something that sent you back to Boston? Like were you like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm heading back. Was there like a moment or did you just like go, I'm totally out of money, I got to go? Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, there's a moment, a big moment. Okay. I had uh, taken a line of crystal meth uh, by mistake. Or not by mistake. I don't even know if at that point I was so fucked up mm-hmm. and uh, did that. And I ended up for some reason I couldn't sleep, I guess, because when you do that, you can't sleep. So I was up for two days straight, not sleeping, tweaking out in my car. I had a flat tire. Okay. Wow. I couldn't even drive anymore. I got to the point where I had a flat tire. I was on the side of the road. It was right in Sherman Oaks. I was in that car. I was hallucinating in the middle of the night. I was thinking there was a prostitution ring and I don't know to this day, to this day, if this is a real thing or not, I swear to God. And I haven't told really many people this. I, th- I was parked there. I was sleeping. I was seeing things that weren't there. Wow. I thought there was cars coming behind me, parking their cars. There was girls getting out of their car, banging these guys. They drive away. I don't know to this day, Ed, if I was in the wrong place at the wrong time or hallucinating. So, wow. After that happened, now in my head, that happens for four hours in the middle of the night, probably between the hours of 1 and 5 a.m. So I, in my head, I'm like, this has just stopped. All right, it's my time to get out of here because they know where I am now. They know I'm here. They, you know, this Jeep is just sitting here, you know, and they had tinted windows, but I was hiding under a blanket like this for four hours shaking because I didn't know who the fuck was there doing this. So what I did was I started my car with a flat fucking tire. I drove down the road. And I took a left. And as I take a left, to this day, I don't know if this is real or not. I look to my left, I see five cars speed right around the corner and follow me. So I step on the gas. I drive. I go to the gas light. I pull into a CVS parking lot. I would die to get the surveillance tape if I could. I pull into a CVS parking lot. I am freaking the fuck out. I run out of the car. I run into CVS. And I like screaming at the top of my lungs. Guys are chasing me. People are fucking chasing me, whatever. I run through the back of the store and I open up a door. All the alarms go off in CVS. And now the CVS employees are fucking going crazy. What the fuck is going on here? They probably just think I'm a crack addict, you know, which I pretty much was at that point. Um, They're like, what's going on? I'm like, please call the cops. I saw something I shouldn't see. Like, you gotta, you gotta fucking get me out of here. I can't fucking do this. Like, all right, well, chill, chill, chill. We're calling the cops. They call the cops. Cops show up. I go outside and I'm looking around and I see a car in the corner right and it has its windows down and I see three guys in the car staring at me. Now the cops are talking to me and I'm looking over my shoulder. I see him. An ambulance pulls in. So the firefighter comes out and he's like, what, uh, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, listen, I know you guys think I'm crazy. People are fucking following me right now. Like I'm telling you, look in that car, go fucking over there right now and go look in that car. Somebody's following me. Firefighter's like, all right, all right relax, kid. I'm going to go check. Walks over. I sit there. I'm like, all right, here we go. They're going to figure this out. This is... He comes back. He's like, dude, there's nobody in the car. I just looked. And I'm like, all right. They're like, what do we, uh, they're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to the hospital? I'm like, get me out of here. I jump in the back of the ambulance. They bring me to the hospital. I pull into the hospital. I go in. They put me in the bed. I'm sitting there. And now I want to stay there forever. Like, I don't want to leave the hospital. I don't want them to discharge me. They're asking me all these questions. I can tell they're, you know. And so finally they discharge me. I walk out of the hospital, I take a left, I leave, and uh, I, I see another guy, and he's staring at me. And then I look to the left, I see another guy, he's staring at me. I look across the street, another guy. I sprint. I almost got hit by cars. I run across the street, the cars are flying by on Sherman Oaks. I forget what road it is. I'm like Frogger, I'm dodging these cars, whatever. Finally, I call my buddy Ernie Giapapas. I said, Ernie, you gotta pick me up right now. There's people following me, whatever. Ernie comes there, picks me up. I jump in the back seat of his car in the fetal position and hide like this, okay? And Ernie's side of the story is the pretty funny too. Uh, I go drive. He's like, where? Uh, and like, just fucking drive. He's like, all right, dude, I'm, I'm bringing you home. Calling your parents. I'm calling your brother. You're going home. Like, wow. you're not right. Drives me. I'm like, I, I, I'm like, just drop me off at the police station because I'm like, you have to get my bag and stuff out of the car. So the police station is a safe place. He drops me off at the police station. I go Whoa. inside. 
And I run right in the police station. I'm like, guys, I got to stay here for a minute. Somebody's following me, whatever. They're like, all right, chill out, chill out, chill out. Five minutes later, Ernie pulls in. I jump in the back of the car. We're off to the airport. I have an airplane ticket that my parents bought me. I show up at the airport. I am fucked up. I haven't slept in three days. I haven't showered in three days. I smell like shit. I go to the airport. I sit down. I go through security, and I finally am there. My flight to Boston, and I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, I pass out. And something to this day, I don't know what the fuck it was, woke me up. And it said, uh, Robert Mennery, Robert Mennery, last call. Uh, gates wow. are closing. And I was sitting right next to the gate. I was there an hour and a half early before the flight. Robert Mennery, Robert Mennery, gates are closing. I get on that plane. I sit in the plane. I remember people were looking at me like I you know, smelled like shit. Oh my the people gosh. would smell. I haven't showered, whatever. Get in the plane and back to Boston I go. Oh, my gosh, brother. See, I have not heard that whole story. But, I've never way, told you... it to anybody yet. I just lo- I, 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 I lo- I've never told a story to anybody that deep. Thank you, bro, for sharing that. I, uh, the way you tell it, too, I can picture it. I can see every one of those steps. It's hard for well, me. Well, you know, I do consider myself a, a storyteller as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that is part answer. of your – but, bro, <laughs> like, in all seriousness, like, because I know where you are now, that's just – it's shocking. Like it's shocking to, and by the way, you still have some self-destructive qualities, which we'll talk about in a little bit too. But I, so can we, can we, can we skip that part? No, <laughs> well, I just think what you've already done has helped like millions of people, just so you know, because I've told people that's one of the most amazing stories, but I didn't know all of the backstory like this. And this is just like, so guys, if that's where Bob was, right. And you can think about where you are. Is there at least a shot for you to turn things around? There's got to be at least a shot, right? 20, so, 28 years old, 28 years old, write me off. I should have been dead. Write me off. No chance. Unbelievable, man. So now there's moments in life, right? Where like our lives change. By the way, dude, I'm, I'm, I've been doing this a long time. I've done, you know, hundreds of shows. I don't think I've probably been this speechless before where I'm like processing what you just said, even though I knew a little of it. It's actually really, really amazing for me because of just where you are now, but so you get back to Boston. Fires me. It fucking fires me up. Yeah. It should. It should, bro, because it gives everyone in, on this planet hope. But so you get back, and I know there's this part of the story, at least, where you're on the couch and something happens. But like, can you? Do you just? Do you go back there and just kind of get cleaned up? Like you just got home and you different crowds, so you stop using stuff, or what happened when you got back? Oh, it was. It was great. It was great. Show up at the door. Knock on the door. Mom and dad, I'm home. 28 years old. They just downsized to a two-bedroom small apartment. They were thrilled to have their 28-year-old son come home. And uh, walk in the door. And four days go by of me just kind of like detoxing, I guess, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is how fast. I don't know if you want to rush a little bit. This is how fast it kind of happened. Okay, my buddy to... goes, my buddy, uh, my brother-in-law picks me up finally. He said, uh, I'm going to pick you up at 11 o'clock. We got to get you a job. I'm like, all right, fuck. All right, here we go. I get in the car. We drive to Leary's Liquor Store. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, he, goes, I, he goes, I want you to go in there, and I want you to go apply for a job at Leary's Liquor Store. And I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to work at Leary's. All right, fine. I'll go in there. I walked into Leary's Liquor Store. I said, uh, so embarrassed, like so nervous because I was so, you know, just it's a horrible feeling. Yeah. I said, uh, you guys hiring? Like, oh, well, here's an application. Like, what's your name? Like, uh, Bob Mennery. Uh, uh, and obviously, like, I, I, for some reason, turned on my voice. I thought that might help. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you know, grabbed the application. Uh, got back in the car to Joe's, and my brother-in-law, and he goes, how'd it go? I go, well, I get the application. I'll fill it out, whatever. He brings me home. I get a call from my buddy, Mike Constantino, YouTube rapper, uh, rapper. He said, Bob, what's going on? I said, Mike, what's going on? How you doing? He said, do you want to be, can you do me a favor? Can you be an extra in my music video? I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm an actor. I can do this. I got this. What do you need me to do? He's like, well, well you're just going to stand way in the back and you're just going to rage. You're perfect for this part. So I show up. We shoot the fucking music video. It's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then 2 a.m. comes along. And this is the moment that changed my life. Uh, I walk into a room. And what I always did real quick, which is important to the story, Ed, is with my voice, I would always go out. If I went out to a bar or anywhere with my friends, I wouldn't sit with them for more than five minutes. Mm-hmm. I would run up to a random group of table. I just ran up to a random group of table and go, 
Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers here on ESPN tonight. It is NFL Sunday, and I would just see their reactions, and I would do this all night. Hmm. And uh, some people would uh, love it, and some people would be like, "What the fuck is wrong with this kid?" But when they did ask me what I uh, when they did ask me what I did for a living, I did pretend I said I was like the Jacksonville Jaguars play-by-play guy. But I always that's just a big I, I always used to touch dick, and you know it never went anywhere. Right. It never went anywhere. But that night it did. I walk into a room, and I sit down. And uh, the man to my left didn't know him before, but I will never forget his name, David Justin. He's with his girlfriend. What does Bob do? He pulls out the voice. Mm-hmm. And guess what does Dave do? He pulls out the camera. Mm-hmm. And he records. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. I go to bed. All of a sudden, the next morning, it's like, bling, 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 bling. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Who died? Did I get the job at Larry's? What's going on here? Right. And uh, I, I, w- I witnessed firsthand kind of what it was like to go uh, just viral in an instant mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. And so he posted the video on his social media, or did he tag you, or what happened? David did me. I, I owe David for life. What David did is David was like, you know, this kid is fucking talented. I'm going to do everything I can to try and be, have him be seen by whoever, whatever. Hey, guys, one of the things I've talked about so many times on this show is the importance of surrounding yourself with a talented, diverse group of people. I've never believed in the term self-made anything, and I've certainly not become self-made. I'm team-made. And one of the things I look for certainly is to surround myself with people that are better than me in certain areas that are diverse. And I also look for resilience. You know, I looked up that definition. Resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's as crucial in business as it is in your health. And if you're in charge of hiring, it ought to be in every single job description. And so whether you're ready to make your next important hire or you need some hiring tips, Indeed is here to help you. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts, which is cool. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be about three and a half times more likely to result in a hire than if you don't have sponsored jobs. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need to get the better people around you, just like they have for over 3 million different businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates that you'll see fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MyLet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T. This is their best offer available anywhere I got for you. So go right now to indeed.com slash my let terms and conditions apply. And this offer is valid through September 30. So he called up bro Bible and uh, Brandon mm. uh, was one of the first guys hats off to bro Bible for literally uh, starting my life. And David, uh, they blasted it out there and they put it out there and they, with the headline of why isn't this guy a sports caster? And uh, what happened was I think story, I did a deal with Storyful for like $500 or something and sold my life away for them to like blast it on all different media outlets. Yep. And, uh, and at the time, like, I'm like negotiating with these people. I'm like, why am I negotiating? I'm nothing. What am I doing? I have nothing. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just do it for 500. And they blasted it out there and USA Today picked it up all these different outlets. And it was like, why is this guy a sports announcer? And I uh, got picked up. Brother, that is, oh, guys, come on. Like anything is possible. I'm, not, I'm trying to like overcook it, the, you know, the meal here, but like that's yeah, but that is rem- luck. That, that, th- this is why this is, the, this is the thing though. It, it was lucky, but I truthfully say this. Even at my lowest points, I knew my talent and going back to always going out and performing it, even if it wasn't under the perfect circumstances of being on stage or whatever, yeah. I would go out four hours a night and just use that voice and just see what people reacted to it. Yeah, you underestimate, you, uh, you do this all the time. You undervalue stuff you're great at. Here's the deal. You, you said earlier, well, I never did any shows. I never did any stand-up. Actually, you did thousands. They were just all not paid. So over and over and over again, when you're going to these tables, see, luck is where like preparation meets opportunity. And what happened there was all this preparation you had done over and over and over again, not consciously, you just had a gift and a talent and something you worked at. And finally, the opportunity presented itself. And what most people do is they have all this preparation. And because the opportunity doesn't reveal itself, they eventually quit on it. And at the lowest point in this dude's life, I mean, he's just, he's just practically running through CVS, setting off alarms, thinking he's being followed after he's done crystal meth. 
and guys ends up going viral and has his moment. And by the way, all of you, no matter what the business is, the moment, there's a viral aspect to success. There's most people who have success. I don't care if it's A-Rod or, you know, guys, you and I know like Gary V or, you know, Scooter Braun, whoever it is, people that, you know, you and I, Scooter yeah. Braun, we, we we prank him all the time, by the way. Scooter, I prank FaceTime Scooter Braun all the time. I, I see that on your social, by the way. He's a, you, he and I have Scooter. become neighbors somewhere, but I'm not going to say where. But but my point is that most people that have had success, there's some moment where their preparation and opportunity converged, and there's like a 90-day window where they go, that was a big leap for me in my life. And that was Bob's. So I want to ask you about your social. Because, guys, one thing about Bob, if you go over there, when you're hearing Bob talk, his content is not for every single ear in the world. There's, it's colorful for those of you that know what I mean when I say that. But it's hilarious. It's, it's I fine. Can't, it's fine. It's fine. I, you know, but I, I can't go to a golf course, bro, I, I, or anywhere sports related where if someone finds out I know you, I mean, it, it doesn't matter who I know. I'm telling you, that when I come up with a Bob Menery, I know Bob Menery deal, people go nuts over this guy, just so you all know. His content for all yeah, ages, people I, go ballistic. Yeah, I, I, you know what I think I do a good job at, and, and to go back a little bit, backpedal on the story of hair is, you know, after just, you know, going in that, that little viral moment, it was like, all right, what do you do from there? Uh, you know, I didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, once you have a viral moment, what do you do? You don't want it to die. And it was like, you know, so I just did like, I did another video. That was it. I just put another video out, same kind of concept. And I remember like literally hitting, I think like 10,000 followers. And I was like, mm. I'm on to something. I'm like, I got it. I just felt it. My whole body shifted. And I said, I fucking got this. I don't know mm. what it is. My parents almost sent me to a mental institution because meanwhile, I'm in the next bedroom that is so close being like, Vinatieri's dick falls off. You know, like that was shit screaming at 20. They're like, we need to check Bobby into a mental institution. But I, I just, I saw it. And then it was weird. It was like that switch, all that addictive personality that was channeled in those areas, just hyper-focused into what I was meant to do. And it was, uh, it was, it, it was it's pretty cool. But uh, you, you, wait, you know, wait, I want to go, I want to stay you know, on I'll, there. I want to stay on there. Stay there. Yeah, go, go. Because you just said something that, I think it's true. And because you do have an addictive personality. So do I. So do most people that I know that are successful. But for once, you pointed it at something productive, right? So would you agree that you have that kind of obsessive, addictive, over-the-top personality? And that's one of the reasons why, like, your social's taken off. Because what I want to do now is I want to start to talk about the elements of what's made your social work, things you think you could impart onto other people. Because a lot of people have grown on social media Almost no one's yeah. grown as virally as Bob and sustained it. So, you know, of course there are people, you know, uh, Kim Kardashian has more followers than Bob and I do, but Kim has a television show. She's got other things that drive that social. Bob's driven it through social. So there's keys there. That yeah, phone right there. Yeah. I've never used a laptop in my life. So I've never used a laptop. What do you think has been the key? And by the way, you're talking about 2.7 real followers that follow this dude. What are some, if you were talking to someone right now who says, I'm trying to kind of get my stuff going. One thing I see that you do, like you document real things in your life, even if they're embarrassing, awkward, strange, weird. Like, I feel like I know you, even though I do know you. But if I didn't, I feel like I would know you if I followed you, which builds some sort of brand or loyalty. Do you do that on purpose or is it just, do you think that's true? I don't know. I think that's an, inst I think that's an instinct. I think it's just an instinct that I have that makes me good at that. But I think what I was very good at in the beginning and growing this was, uh, you know, just, well, first and foremost, if you're trying to build anything and you're kind of beginning the ground up, every fucking person matters. So you are responding to every single person that sends you a message. You are checking in how their day is. You are, and I still do it. Like I literally still do it. Um, I remember, you know, I had that product, right? So I just said, okay, this is what I'm good at, right? This is what I'm good at. This sports voice, doing voiceovers with these things in sports. Okay. So the Atlanta Falcons fan page, 11,000 followers when I had 10,000. Let's hit them up. Let's see if we can do a Matt Ryan play-by-play -play and have them post it, and let's gain 200 followers from them. Called up, and it's actually fucking hilarious, dude. I call this – I talk to this kid on Instagram, and I'm like, hey, man, I have this clip that I think is great. Do you mind posting? He's like, give me a call. So I'm expecting to talk to this, like, old guy. He picks up the phone. He's like, hello? I'm like, huh? The fuck is this? I'm like, hello, uh, this is uh, Bob Mennery. How you doing? He's like, hey, man, how you doing? It's like this kid. He's like nine years old. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, hey, uh, so what do you think? You think you could do this, like put this Matt Ryan uh, video up? I got this like little shtick I do and whatever. He's like, yeah, you know, I saw it. I'm just I'm not that impressed. I just, I don't think it's going to go well on my page. I'm like, 
All right. You know, but I would hit up the Green Bay Packers fan page. I would hit up the, you know, the other fan page. I just keep hitting up all different areas that I knew had shared the same genre. Mm. Now I have a very unique thing that I do that not a lot of people do. So it's, I found my, the, the, the sweet spot that, you know, I, I don't know, I really know how to explain it, but you know, I, at the end of the day, I was, I was the, the most important, important quality my father ever gave me. And I think, which makes me, I guess, if you want to say likable, of course, people don't like, it, but a likable person there is, you know, always play the underdog, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that was the best advice my dad ever gave me. Just always play the underdog. People Dude, cheer for the underdog. You, you and, do do that and, well. And, that and your was dad's the also best advice. Your dad, that's a great advice. Your dad's also a performer too, which I assume some of that rubbed off on you. You know, my, some of your, my favorite videos oh, are yeah. when you're showing your dad singing. I love, that's how much I actually watch. Yeah, if, I, if I hear, if I hear summer wind one more time, I'm going to jump out the window, but yeah. <laughs> His dad does some of the best like Sinatra stuff of all time. But so I want to stay on your social stuff just for a second. Um, yep. So you're documenting what you do, you know, when you're posting and a lot of it is stuff that I don't know that a lot of people would do. So you know, how did you get, how did you get the Buffalo Wild Wings deal? Because Bob is the voice of Buffalo Wild Wings, at least as the time we're recording here. How did that come up? Because, you know, your content doesn't necessarily flow over to that genre to me, or is that just they heard your voice and wanted you? Did you apply? How did that work? Um, I think that what happened was, I think Mitch, who was my former manager, I worked yeah. with, was great, who works with Richard Mitch. Sherman and a bunch of other guys, uh, uh, great dude. And uh, he, through the Martin agency, I think, connected through B-dubs. Um, and, uh, you know, they just sent me some voiceovers to do. And I read them. And I think I, I think I pitched him pretty hard, too. I think I just kind of called somebody and said how bad I want it and just kind of where I think I'm going and where I think the world's going and why this bar stool area is kind of working. And mm-hmm. that, you know, they were afraid of, like, you know, the whole thing, the Ripper Magoo brand and what it's associated with and whatnot. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just know a lot of guys read for that you know, like rich eyes. And there was a lot of people that I guess I beat out for that, which is, uh, which is pretty cool, but, uh, they've been fucking amazing partners. B dubs is great. They've been the one brand major brand. It was cool going like, you know, that was a one big brand that took a chance on me that said, what's, Hey, let's, let's take a chance on Bob. And you know, it's, yeah. What's, what's the, um, as you're thinking, I'm thinking through your career, by the way, we're on zoom guys. So we're, we're a little delayed when we're talking here, but I'm thinking through your, you know, your rise here, you know, Buffalo wild wings, millions of people, He's on Spade show from time to time, so he's got he's crossed over in some mainstream stuff that he's doing too. But what's the biggest mistake you've made the last year or two? If you had to say, hey, this is the stuff. If you're a rising entrepreneur or entertainer or whatever, and you finally get your moment, here's a mistake I made. What would it be? Mistake I've made has been just a hair too paranoid at times. Uh, I think that have kind of prohibited me from doing a couple extra deals. Um, other mistakes I've made is, you know, I believe that we could have a lot more infrastructure and, and behind what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I'm somebody who likes to just have my hands on everything that I'm doing, but it comes to a point where you're not gonna be able to scale up if you're just doing it all yourself. So, um, you know, in a sense, letting go a little bit, giving some of it away. And bringing in somebody who can kind of put this together and say, because I'm in the fucking, my mind is just zing, 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 and I'm great at it. Mm-hmm. But where I lack and where I make my mistakes is the organization, the infrastructure, and, and, and that. So that's what I'm trying to get better at day by day mm-hmm. is to kind of slow down. And, and, but the hard thing is, too, you know, when you come to a point, it's like there's a lot of people in your ears, a lot of people chirping you. And it comes to a point where you get a little bit, like, nervous. Who do I trust? Who do I not trust? And mm-hmm. And that's my biggest thing is sometimes I'm a hair too paranoid, but it's also benefited me too because I've turned down some things that, uh, you know, I, I could have taken Yeah, that I was a little paranoid and ended up paying off, you know, times, whatever. You know, what I think, I think in bit like in, in entertainment or business as an entrepreneur, there's two types of people. There's the artist type and the scientist type, and you need to know which one you are. And if you're the aud- artist type, meaning you're creative and you have ideas and you're you know, you've got these sort of exterior talents, you need to have some scientists around you. And if you're a scientific type entrepreneur, don't you think if you're a scientific entrepreneur, you need creative Mm -hmm. people around you. And the mistake people make is they often hire, I just did a program on diversity on this. They hire someone like them because we like people like us. So artists hire more artists instead of really good scientific people around them. So that's just one thing for you, you agree? Nail on the head. Nail on the head. Yeah, it's the exact same situation we're kind of going through right now is is that. And, you know, just 
figuring people in different realms that are experts in this, 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 and just finding the right people to surround yourself with. But again, it does come back to, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to do that. You know, it's, it's hard to figure who the right partners are because you know, this is a fucking cutthroat world. It's, it's, you don't know who to trust, you know? So you, yeah. you it's, it's a little bit of a lot of risk behind it, you know? Yeah. I've heard um, but, I know that. You know, I've kind of you... lo- looped up a little bit. Yeah. I remember even when you were looking at your podcast deal and you and I were talking about that, I felt like you were concerned yeah, about not, getting hosed. Go there, but yeah. Yeah. You're concerned about that, but I know, I know there's been some issues there and Bob has an unbelievable podcast, you guys, that you all need to be listening to. But there's one thing I want to talk about social just for a second, and then we'll shift, go to a couple things towards the end. Cause the story on its own is just so unreal. Do you worry it's going to go away? Absolutely not. You do not No. Meaning you don't spend no. any time in anxiety or fear. No, I am more than confident, uh, that I am able to, what I'm afraid will go away is the shtick that I do will, would get old, right? Like that yeah. same shtick that I do will get old. Right. Uh, that's, that's, that's fine. But, um, so how do we how do we pivot that? And you know, I I will say right now that I think that I am potentially building and have this idea that I'm not even afraid to talk about, but that I think is going to revolutionize the way that we watch sports. And I think that we are going to layer what is one of the biggest booming businesses on planet Earth right now is the sports gambling market, um, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into it cause I'm just really, I'll talk your ear off forever on it. And, uh, give us one little insight. Really what do you mean? Give us, anybody's... give us one I layer mean, look, without I, giving it all away. I don't even care if I give it away. No, if I'll do it better. I, I, you know, I've said it, the people in the room are probably so sick of hearing it, but, uh, you know, I think that you have one way of watching football right now, right? You have Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's like, I take what I'm good at. All right. Let's just tr- have an alternative way to watch football. Now you have Bob at the forefront of it, a man who can, cause here's the deal. If I announced a whole entire football game, right. And I did it the way that you see on my social clips, it would, that's so old. It would die. People care too much about football, but I do have the ability. And this is where my talent does come into hand to be able to call a whole game like you would see on TV. I know I can do it, but what I want to do is have a little, teeny bit of the comedic element no rules and whatnot and i want to rotate in because everybody's always like joe buck troy aikman Uh, who would be a better color commentator for joe buck this guy this guy well fuck it let's bring in four guys bob mannery steph curry quarter one bob mannery now how can we do that though how can we use the nfl product how can we get the license to do that well scooter braun came to me a year ago and said hey twitch just acquired a deal with the nfl for thursday night football i said perfect I spent $30,000 building this fucking product with a green screen and all this different shit where I was at the bottom of the corner of the screen Mm. and uh, all this hoopla and whatnot. Uh, And it just didn't go anywhere. And uh, it just died in six months, whatever, lost $30,000. Then one day I was kind of on one of my benders, which you see, I was up for like 36 hours and it was like four in the morning and it just hit me. I thought more about it and, and I thought about the gambling world and I said, how cool would it be to have, you know, a guy live in my ear, you know, uh, giving me live update odds and there's a countdown clock on the screen. It's second and 17. Now we can, we can commentate the game, but it's all kind of revolved heavily around gambling. That's awesome. See, I wanted people to hear how your mind thinks and how deals come together and how you pivot. And that's why I wanted to have that part of the show in there today. Um, I want to talk about one of these benders. How many story posts do you do a day on average? Oh, anywhere from uh, zero to six thousand. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, but I, I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason. There's no I, rhyme I, or no, reason. I'll but you, this is where another thing. No, yeah, I'll tell you the God's honest truth. I'll just be completely honest with you. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's what it is what it is. Plain and simple. I could get better at setting, uh, you know, knowing the peak times and all that, mm, and doing. I don't it, know but that either. That's just my style. I, I just don't give a fuck. I just will post something up. If I see it, I'll look at a clip. Like Aaron will send me a bunch of clips. I'll just scroll through and I'm like, hey, I can work with that. And I'll go in the other room and I'll just rip it. You know, I have no schedule. And then with the stories, what I try and do though is I want to, it's like I, I visualize myself as like the Truman Show. I want to show people what I'm going through every single day without the, re, like you said before, the real shit and the bad yep. shit, whatever it is. I want to show exactly what's going on in my life. That's I mean, really a good analogy. The Truman Show. The Truman Show. I like that. And guys, 
He's again, he's not he's not organized, but if you go back and you look at his social and you start following <laughs> him, he posts almost every single day, uh, multiple times a day. And then on his story, he posts quite often. And the reason that I know that is because his bubble comes to the front of my screen every freaking time he does it because I click on him so often. And so he doesn't give himself enough credit. But I want to go to these benders last. You, why do you, you why do you why do you why do you cl- why do you click on me? Why do you click on me? I'm just curious about why I you think the Truman show is a pretty good analogy. Well, okay, I'll tell you why. I'll give you a few reasons because you've given these keys. One, you are an underdog and I root for you. So I, I do root for Bob. Maybe it's because we're both Boston boys and, you know, we, I don't know. But am, am I found Bob through my son. Um, so I think I root for you. Uh, two, your stuff is the Truman Show. It's like my own life is pretty predictable and regimented and I'm this disciplined dude, as you know. And when I watch you, it's a totally different experience. And I kind of, I know when he's on a bender. I know when he's gambling with, Timmy bounce back, you know, like I know, I know his content. Best, it's inter- it's, it's in- entertaining and interesting to me. And he documents it well, even like when you golf, you know, you, you, you shoot it. You're an artist, bro. Like when he's on the golf course, I shoot stuff. I'm like, Hey, I just made a birdie Bye. yours is like this putts for par. If he misses it, it's six months. It's like, it's a show. And he's yeah, I am definitely of- putting a lot of thought. I am putting a lot of thought behind the stories more than the main posts too, but like it, I do actually put a lot more effort into that. Like, and that's one thing I do give myself credit for is I, I do put a lot of effort into trying to make a storyline from start to finish mm-hmm. and then never knowing what's going to happen the next day. What do you think as a person who follows my shit? Mm-hmm. What, what do you think from what you could see? What could I do better? What do you think I could do better? Um, wow. That's a great question. Cause I, you're, you know, you're one of my top five follows on social. What could you do better? Um, I, think you could do better i don't know i i be honest with you, I, I can't think of something right away i think uh maybe once in a while tackling an issue like you just did you just uh something more really relevant in the time like you just did the deal yesterday on um you know the milwaukee shooting in the nba the NBA shut down like your engagement went through the roof yeah it's a test of sort of uh yeah your reach maybe once in a while something that's like hey man i don't usually talk about these things but Maybe a little bit more of that. Yeah, I, I just guess. did the bullying thing. Stop bullying. No, I know, and I, I just and did I, it. I loved that, and, and which I'm, I'm very like, against. Which I think is that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I get so fucking mad at that. Is the bullying thing? I don't know what it is. It just drives me through a fucking roof. If you, I don't know what it is. I I, I was never really bullied in, in mm-hmm. school or anything, but I just think it's the lowest of all fucking lows, and that's why I just if I can do anything to. Is, uh, I don't know if you want to call me an influencer. I don't know if I'm the best influence on the planet here, but there's one thing best I would want to get across to the younger people that follow me is that it's just not cool to do that. And if you see somebody getting fucking bullied in school and step up and fucking do something about it, you know? Amen. No, I and agree with you. One of the reasons that, it, way, yeah. one of the reasons it bothers you and one of the reasons you've done well is you're a good person, bro. Like I'm not being hokey or anything. Like I think most people that follow you sense there's a goodness there, you know, and that your humor isn't mean. It's uh, it's funny. You know, it's funny. It, it's not at the expense all the time of other people. Okay, I want to ask you this lastly, so stay with me. I, you talk about these benders, and I'm going to tell you what I – so this is like live, everyone listening in on me and you. When I watch you, uh, the guys I know that I've coached over the years, people have patterns. Human beings have patterns. And one of those patterns can often be that when they get to a certain point, they destruct a little bit. When they get to a certain point, they destruct a little bit. When I watch you, because I do care about you, I sometimes think, man, he's gone, he goes pretty deep on this partying thing still. And because he's got this history where it kind of derailed him once, I just concern myself about that. And that was a weird thing to cover on a podcast, but I just want to, I want everyone listening. I love it. I love it. I, I, I bet you that the people in that room that are around you are like, hey, I'm glad someone's saying this crap to him. So do you feel like, that's also something you need to keep an eye on because that's a, been a pattern in your life. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. There's two things. Uh, I first, I, my, my brand that, you know, where we sell all our t-shirts and all our mm-hmm. things is revolved around partying. Yes. We show the work hard, play hard type thing. Yep. I'm also an amazing method actor for my days of acting. So I'm actually never drunk. I'm actually been sober my whole life, but no, I'm just kidding. Oh. Um, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I, you know, look at, yeah, there's times where I could absolutely slow it down. But again, it is that fine balance. It's like, all right, let's take three weeks off and go like chill on a beach. My numbers go way down. But when I do the stuff with Timmy and we're having fun and partying, my numbers are through the fucking roof. Mm-hmm. So in my head, it's that constant battle is like, 
all right, this is our brand. At the mm -hmm. end of the day, our brand is to, I wish I could say though, this is the one thing I wish I could say is that I did fake it more, <laughs> that I did fake the whole partying stuff more, mm -hmm. but I don't, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I go all in. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's our, that's our brand, you know, uh, Rip and Magoo's partying, uh, zapped, it's, you know, zapped is our podcast. That means hammered, drunk. So it's, that's, that's, that's the thing, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to do. I just, you know, it becomes boring if I think. That no, I I'm not saying that. that. What I'm saying for everyone listening to this, because we all have that dude in our life. Who's that dude we want to be around. Who's the guy that keeps it, you know, the, he's the life, right? So it's just moderation and be careful. When I watch you, I'm like, only thing I could do could derail this dude is that he starts going too hard on uh, the excuse of this is his brand. That's my concern for you is that you keep things between the lines. And by the way, lines is probably not the right phraseology based on what you told us in the beginning. But all I worry about is people's yeah, patterns. Yeah. And as I watch people climb in life, I watch this happen all the time. They start to turn the air conditioner on in their life and cool it back down again every time they get on a run. So I just want to make sure for you but I understand that is it's this, part is of your this, brand. Is this, a secret is this a secret intervention here, Ed? Are your you entire team texted me before the call. No, no, no. You know what I I'm saying? This, I'm saying that Aaron. I, Aaron set up this intervention. This is No, no, no. This is for my whole audience, and I'm saying this as an example with you, is that, look, here's one of the things that I think is a clue to success. is not, here's all the things I do well, and then I think everyone should ask themselves the question, what could take me out? What could take me out? Is it that I'm not talented enough? Is it the market could change? Is it that I'm lazy? Is it that I don't have a good team around me? Is it um, uh, my pricing? Is it my personal behavior, right? Is it those things? And when I look at you, I'm like, talent through the roof, unbelievable networker, good man, pretty damn hardworking when he's on it, innovative, got the connections, has this unique thing. For me, I already know what it is with you is can this dude continue to have this brand at the same time, keep his stuff together as he ages, as he gets to 35 and 40 and all this other stuff. And so for you, that's why I asked you that. That's why I pointed out. And it's why I wanted it. Well, I think, uh, well, I think to answer that question is, yeah. And it, that's a good point because you're right. You know, it's like anything else. So what do we have to do to, how do we fix that? Then? Mm -hmm. How do we avoid that? What you just said. And I think the way we avoid that is, is by layering talent underneath me that, you know, we start going out and branching off and putting talent underneath us that can go out and do the partying stuff where Bob kind of steps behind the scenes as he gets older, because guess what? Nobody's going to want to watch me at 45 years old getting fucked up. Right. <laughs> right. So it's the same kind of model that, you know, as, as much as what, you know, David Portnoy and I had that little thing, you know, I, yeah. David's done such a great job with Barstool and doing that is he's found a way to, he started that thing with fucking t-shirts and his fucking Boston apartment and yeah. turn it into, you know, he's got the big cat. He's got 20 podcasts. He's got whatever. It's like, he's just, he took a step back and that's eventually where we want to go. Perfect um, so example, that's, that's by the my way. Best answer. That's my best answer to that question. By the way, that's a great answer and a great example too. Really, really good. Last question for everyone listening to this, that is in that spot, man, like they're back where, by the way, this is a sign of Bob Menery. Most people have never seen before, which I love, but for everybody who's in that spot, I never did this. I know, and I love that you did it, man. It's gonna, it's, it's, it's wonderful. And I knew, maybe anything, you're the man. Yeah, and I knew it would, I knew it would be this great. That's why I've wanted to do it for so long. But for people that are at that spot, they're down. Maybe they're not homeless in their car, or they're, you know, they're paranoid running through CVS and barely make the flight back and haven't showered in three days, which is an extreme example. But in their way, they're like, man, I'm, I'm down. You know, I chased something, it didn't work out. I had a marriage, didn't work out. A business didn't work out. A job didn't work out. And I want to turn this thing around. This dude turned it around. What would you say to him? Any message to them? Advice? Uh, so they're hope, at a low anything. point. They're they're at a low point in their life right now. Uh, yeah. What I would say is okay. I would start by getting up at five in the morning every morning, starting tomorrow. I think just getting up at five in the morning depends. Obviously, your situation it varies though. I mean, do you have three kids? Are you single? Are you married? Whatever. Mm -hmm. For somebody in my kind of, you know, single dude, you know, you're up at five in the morning, every fucking morning, and you're going out and you're not afraid to talk to every single person that you meet, no matter where they are, where they're standing and just being a sponge and gathering information, understanding and picking what an end goal would be for you, like what your ultimate goal is, I think at the end of the day, and then finding a way to use the people that you talk to every single day that you're picking their brains and being a sponge and finding a way through six degrees of separation to kind of figure who the right people are to get you there and then really go to those people and and really look them in the eye and tell them how bad you fucking want it 
and it'll, and that's it. Like, you know, you just look somebody in the eye and you say, like I did the other day, okay. I said, I, I just fucking want this. I want this more than anybody, you know, and uh, you, you can't fake that shit. And it comes because the hardest part is starting anything. It's the hardest thing in the world. But once you start, once you get a little momentum and whatnot, um, then the sky's the limit. I'm so proud of you, Bob. This was so good today. I knew this was going to come out. I just want to. I just want to be as. I just want to be as rich as you. That's it. Uh, yeah. That's it. Stick with me. I just we'll want to be as there. rich as you. We'll get there, brother. I. Uh, I love you, dude. And um, I know the whole you world's too, like this. You've been there with me in the beginning, and you. And I want to say real quick. I want to cut you off. I, I want to say that I do appreciate everything you've done for me because you've been with me in the beginning, and uh, you have given me some pretty sound advice and always been there, you know. And I'll tell you that. Credit to Gary. Everybody's like, "Oh, Gary V, Ed Milets, all these guys. They all full of shit or whatever." It's like, mm-hmm. believe it or not, they fucking check in me me more than they should, you know. And it's uh, <laughs> it, it, and and where I when I was when I offered no value, and you guys are never looking for value, which is great about it. Which is you guys are just looking to pass a good message on and inspire people. Is what uh, what I admire. And actually, I, I learned that from people like you, and that's what I try and do as well. I try and pass off as much good energy and as much of what i've learned to other people and so Dude, you, you, have, you really you did that today that, so yeah you, you you really did that today who'd have known that when you're sitting in that car there we've dude, just been or, blowing each other this whole entire time and no no it's i'm out I, you're right but like i mean it and i i feel really strongly i dude i do this as you know like my whole deal is i just want to really help people and when i'm in the midst of doing that with somebody i'm grateful for it and i know when we're doing it on this show and i know when maybe we only did it a little bit and we did it a lot today. So thank you. Hey, guys. Yeah, this is, this is great. It was awesome, man. Follow Bob on Instagram. You'll get everything from there that you need. And uh, follow his podcast as well. And then for me, remember this. Every day on Instagram, I run the Max Out 2-Minute Drill. I post on Instagram every morning, unlike Bob, at 7.30 Pacific time. Same time every day, five days a week. And uh, when I post, if you make a comment in the first two minutes, you're in a drawing. If you miss the first two minutes, just make a comment on all five posts all week at any time you want. And if you reply to other people's comments, it increases. And I chance. win. You, dude, you've put, commented before. I don't think we picked you as a winner, but get you. You're not there enough, no. consistently enough. But if you do, I, I'm going to turn on you. Know, and I think, hey, guess what? I'm going to turn off. I'm going to turn on your post notifications. Boom! See how he just did that, everybody. So turn your notifications on, and you can win a trip with me, fly in the jet, come to one of these houses. Bob's talking about. I'll coach you. My book, Max Out Gear, all kinds of amazing things happening on Instagram on my Max Out Two Minute Drill. Bob, thank you. Everybody else, God bless you and continue to max out. This is the Ed Milet Show.